Welcome to another Carlo and Laid Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw. And I'm Sean Carlin. Now, mate, we spoke previously about how drugs affected your sport and uh, how you got uh, into the top eight at the Olympics because uh, of a, a drug cheat. Uh, today, what is uh, it like with drugs? Is it, is it, have they cleaned the act up? I don't think they have. In fact, what sort of uh, I had not thought about it for a long time, but the other day I watched on Netflix this documentary called Icarus. Um, very interesting, and you remember that the Russian athletes track and field team got banned from the 2016 Olympics. Yes. And it's actually the background leading up to that. And so uh, there's a guy there who is a, he's a movie producer and also amateur cyclist. And he's sort of, he's at that point, like he obviously, Lance Armstrong was his hero, but then he's got done. Um, you know, he, he competed in this competition uh, as for amateur cyclists seven days in France and it's basically the seven hardest stages of Tour de France back to back and he competed for the first time finished 14th but he said the guys ahead of him were, it was just a world apart and he came back and thought you know these guys have got to be on drugs mm-hmm. I'm going to take them I'm going to take drugs uh, find out how to do it and I'm going to beat the system I'm gonna, and what he basically said was I'm going to show that drug testing is actually rubbish like people get away with it. And so he started this process um, and made some connections and, um, and the documentary shows him taking EPO and taking testosterone and growth hormone. Um, but he actually comes across, gets in, introduced to this guy from Russia, from Moscow, who runs a big WADA lab, which is the World Anti-Doping Organization or agency. Um, and he helps him. And then they build a relationship and off it goes. But it was really, like for all the times when I was competing and decades ago, you, you know, you, you made assumptions. Some, you know, sometimes when you're traveling overseas, people would be pretty open about it. So you knew you were up against people taking drugs. But this sort of really opened my eyes up a little bit more. And what were the, the conclusions he, he came to? Did he find that he could beat the system? Well, they never, it sort of changed the tune because he was on the drugs and they were collecting his urine and they were testing him. What they really wanted to know was get a baseline and then be able to go through the process. And this guy guaranteed, we'll beat, you'll beat the test. Um, and when he actually went back to compete the second time, a lot of it, they showed him doing his testing, his physiological testing, and he was like a different athlete, completely different athlete. But he had actual, the second time he competed, he did worse because he had mechanical issues. So mm-hmm. he never really got to prove anything in that sense but it, you, from his testing and himself he was a different athlete but then this documentary takes a twist because all of a sudden um, there's this scandal about you know hang on this in Moscow they're actually covering up tests and there's statewide doping program going on it's all being controlled and so the sort of documentary takes a twist in that direction you know the way they drug test and alcohol test etc when the police stop sort of drivers and things like that they're they do have faults with it because I, I know one day I got pulled over and they said, you know, I was under the limit but I had a small amount of alcohol but I hadn't drank anything for a week. Well, we can all be different and you're like when you see like people who have been caught in sport, there's always some type of excuse, isn't there? Like it was in the cream that someone used for massage, I ate all these steaks the night before. Um, <laughs> It's a bit rude, but one of the sprinters um, said that he had sex so many times the night before, which elevated his testosterone level. So <laughs> at least that's a good way to get caught, I guess. But um, I don't know if people actually understand what happens with a drug test, so I'll quickly go through it. You get, like, we get caught up for random tests. Um, like, for example, if I had a random out-of-season test, I'd get rung up about 5 in the morning, and they'd say, is that Sean Carlin? Yes, it is. Okay, Sean, you need to be at this particular point before 5 o'clock tonight. Is there any reason why you can't make it? Um, and so you had to be there. 
You get there, you uh, have to go and pee, and now you have to, that's watched. So someone has to watch you pee, and I mean watch you pee. So they have to watch it come out of your body. <laughs> so you strip right down, and you have to pee in the beaker while someone's standing there at that height, watching, making sure it's actually leaving your body from the, the correct part, um, which is you know a bit invasive, isn't it? And then you go back to a the... A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ran into a guy one day... Um, do, do, do you have any performance <laughs> issues? <laughs> well, you had to sort of make sure that you uh, had to have plenty of fluid because there's nothing worse than standing there and it won't happen you know what I'm talking about and so that's you know I think okay but yeah I make sure I had plenty to drink during the day so you read and don't pee wait till you get there so you get the job done um, but then you go back to the uh, room and you, you select your bottles and you've got an A and B bottle and there's a code that went with it and these were meant to be tamper proof bottles you then pour your pee in you do all that yourself um, and then you sign a hot, and that all gets put away into and locked up, and off it goes. And you assume it goes up to the right place and get tested. Um, and what they showed in this documentary, they got they had these new tamper-proof bottles, but in fact they showed that within two hours um, they could actually be opened, um, the urine could be swapped, and then the lids put back on. And so it was mind-blowing that the length that these guys went to. But at the Sochi Winter Olympics, this is of course what happened. And so I would encourage any. It's, it was fascinating the, the depths that people went to to actually cheat um, and get away with it. Of course, uh, there's been cases where people have innocently been uh, done because they took a, a, a Panadol or something like that. Uh, what about those types of cases? I find them sometimes hard to believe. I mean, I know uh, we had the the AFL stuff with Essen, and I reckon that was you know that's team sport like that is very. Diff- I felt really sorry for those players because. You know, when you're in a club environment, team environment, you're going to do what you're told. If you're told this is okay and it's above board and, you know, you probably follow it. But from an individual athlete point of view, we were educated pretty well. Um, we had the ASADA, as it was at the time, uh, hotline. You could get on there any time and say, look, I've got this medication from the doctor. or And you knew clearly what you could get over the counter and what you couldn't. Um, and so you had to be really mindful of what you put in your body. And so, and it was your responsibility. So... You know, if you were going to even take some type of supplement you got from the health food shop, you had to really be mindful. What's in it? Let me check the ingredients. If I'm not sure, ring up a side and say, hey, what have you, do you know about this? What's the story? Um, and so I always worry about those ones because it just shows maybe, maybe people are a bit naive or maybe they haven't taken responsibility like they should. Um, but of course, then most people are probably doing the right thing but then obviously there's this systematic cheating of the system happening in some places in the world and it's sort of it re- you know, I used to say to people, people say oh you must be on drugs, you know you obviously um, I went to Germany one time to train and this coach pulled me aside and he said um, you tell me what are you taking and I said I don't, I don't take anything no no you tell me, you can tell me we are friends, I'd only just met him that day and I said honestly I don't take anything and he said, oh, you, that's impossible. No one throws this far without taking drugs. And I said, well, I have. No. And he, he just didn't believe me. And he got angry with me because he thought I just wasn't trusting him. He said, oh, you must at least take testosterone. I said, I don't take drugs. I, this, this is what I do. I do it naturally. That's my choice. That's how I decided what I'm going to do. That's the way it is. And to this day, he, I'm sure he doesn't believe me. Gee, so just to finish off with, what, what's the answer going forward? I, I, I know him... Um, body uh, building when they show their uh, uh, muscled bodies over uh, to audiences and things like that. They have two sections. One is uh, uh, performance enhancing and the other is uh, clean. 
Is that where athletics and, and this sports is headed? Well, it's the question that's out there now, isn't it? Because my point of view, I really believe that over my lifetime that drugs would be cleaned up. And so I, maybe I, I'm obviously too naive and I didn't really understand stuff. The more I got into it and I realised that probably not going to be the case. Um, so that's sad. I think that's a sad uh, indictment on us as a, a society. But, um, you know, there's plenty of people out there now. Sport is entertainment, isn't it? And some people yeah. would argue, hey, I actually want to see how fast can someone run? How much weight can someone lift? How far can something be thrown? How high can people jump? And some people would say, I don't care. I don't care what they're doing. I just want it's for me to be entertained and I want to see what the limits of human performance. And there's others, you know, like myself who go, no, sport is about what we can do with our own genetics um, with what we do hard, through hard training and opportunity. Um, and so I sort of think that it's just a sad sort of state of affairs that we, we find ourselves in with really elite end sport in some cases. Well, thank you very much for that insight, uh, Sean, from, uh, from a personal point of view and from a, a research point of view. This is the uh, Carlin Lay Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw. And I'm Sean Carlin. <laughs>